Hello and welcome to episode 48 of the D-Round podcast. I'm Chris. And I'm Fred. And how are you this fine summer's evening, Fred? I'm very good, thanks. And you? Um, actually, it's spring, isn't it? Yeah. Well, it's late late spring. <laughs> late spring. It feels like freaking summer, man. We had a heat wave here recently and it was miserable. Spring is supposed to be September, I guess. We're two months past that. September, so. October, November. So the end of November will be the end of spring. Right? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. yeah. I consider spring spring and autumn to be shorter seasons, though, than the others. <laughs> like just, yeah, well, they kind of are. Just in my head, summer and winter are longer and spring and autumn are slightly shorter. They're like not a quarter each. Spring is kind of meaningless, actually. Yeah. yeah. It's just hot. It's yeah. like, oh, great. It's hot again. Yeah. Yeah, so I guess if I think about it, so for me, I think like spring is two months and summer is four months and autumn is two months and winter is four months. That's just kind of the way I think about seasons. I don't know if there's an official thing saying there should be three months each. I mean, I think there's the whole like climate science, like years of, I don't know. I don't think you can just declare like some seasons to be four months. No, I, I'm not making it official. I'm just like, that's how I've always thought about them. <laughs> Science is wrong. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, I'm just kidding. I mean, I think it depends where you are. I don't, I don't think that's science. I think that's a naming convention. <laughs> like, really. It's not like Monday isn't science. Monday is just the name we give that day of the week. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it depends where you are. Like, I must say, like when I was in Korea, their seasons are very distinct. Okay. Like the whole of spring is like, it's quite warm. And the whole of summer is like, it's unbearably hot. And then winter is literally like, it's minus 15 and it's freezing and snowing. <laughs> yeah, I guess we, we don't have that in South Africa. We we're very mellow <laughs> with the changes. Quite temperate, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Winter is colder and summer is hotter, but it's not like either one is extreme. Uh, especially on the coast, I think it's less extreme. Mm, yeah, yeah. I grew up on the coast, and it, it's not it's not that big there. Yeah. So, trains. Yes. Uh, do you have – I know you have some patrons because I've seen some new names pop up in our channel today. I do, yes. Um, we have three new patrons. So, Well, two and an, and an increase in the patronage. So, Ryan Hopkins is new. Rob Crosby increased his patronage. And Andre Smothers is new. I recognize that name, Rob Crosby. Maybe it's because he was a previous patron or maybe he sent us an email. We probably mentioned him the first time he joined, signed up, yeah. Yeah, does sound, does sound familiar. Yes, yeah. yeah, but thanks very much, guys, for your support. We really appreciate it. Yeah, it's awesome. I always love seeing new faces in the, the chat as well. Yes, yeah. Yeah, so we hadn't seen them in a little while. And then I, I, right before we started recording, I opened up our Discord. And I saw like three... People like that it appeared in the chat, which is pretty awesome. Yeah, all three of them were today. Yeah, nice guys. Uh, good way, good way to spend a Monday, I say. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, we also got an email. Okay. So Alex sent us an email, um, and it was on a reason you might want to run for less money. Oh yes. So he said, for every game that allows a change in presidency when a president is forced to buy a train, someone might be tempted to run for less so that they will need to sell enough shares to drop the presidency of another company in someone's lap. Oh, interesting. I've never been able to do this, but it always feels like it would be so great to do this. Yeah, like to dump a company, a different company in a forced train purchase, yeah. 
yeah, what a what a time. Mm. <laughs> what a great time that would be. Yeah, yeah. To somehow pull that off and make it good. There's those sort of like holy grails of 18xx. So I feel like this is one of them. And I think the other one is winning through a bankruptcy. Yes. Like going bankrupt and winning. That is definitely one of them, yeah. Which is very cool to pull off. Yeah. I know people have done it in 1830 a fair few times. Yeah, I, I've also heard of people doing it. There was... It happened in on 18xx games fairly recently. Someone pulled it off. Yeah, didn't someone in our Patreon say that they in our Discord said that they did it? I don't think it was someone in our Discord that did it. They might have been in the game. Oh, okay. But I could be wrong. Could be someone there that did it. We're not giving them credits, and they're like, "This was my moment. <laughs> my whole life led up to this point." Yeah. Take take us on on Discord, then we'll mention your name so to give you credit. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Shout at us on Discord. Yeah. Oh, man. Have you been playing any 18xx.games games? I've just got the 146 game going, but it's slowed down now. Um, I think people are busy and stuff. Uh, I was doing all right on it, but I, I'm not going to win it. But I enjoyed it. I'm at the tail end of a Chesapeake game, okay. and I'm pretty sure that I've won. And ever since it was established that I'm winning, I feel like everyone has stopped taking their turn. You know, we've got like a one OR left. Like, not even a full set, like, literally, like, one <laughs> OR, and I'm, like, $800 ahead or something. Mm. And now? No one's taking their turn. <laughs> what is happening, guys? You've lost interest. Allow me my victory, please. <laughs> After I embarrass myself in my uh, 46 game, where I'm pretty sure I went bankrupt in the game where you're never supposed to go bankrupt. Yeah. Oh, boy. I just ask them to call it. <laughs> oh, man. Announce yourself the victor. No, I want I want like a little, you know, like when you win solitaire and all the cards cascade down. Yes, I'm hoping that happens in 18xx games. Like all these trains start flying across the screen and stuff. <laughs> Stock suits everywhere. I want I want pair to send me like a handwritten note saying like congrats on the win. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can mount it on your wall. Yeah, yeah. It's nice having this insider. Eh? Pair's always like, oh yeah, this is what I'm busy coding into 18xx.games. Mm. Yeah, very cool. What a legend. Yeah. I love that website, by the way. I mean, not a sponsor, but, you know, I, I feel like I need to shill it anyway because I have not gone back to RR18XX as much as I appreciate that website's existence. Yes. Yo, I love 18xx.games. It's just so fast and smooth. I don't know what they did differently or how it works or yeah whatever i don't know what what it magic is going on there but yo it feels so much nicer to like play on my phone because i can quickly pull out my phone and very quickly take a turn okay yeah. whereas sometimes so board 18 on your phone is just hell on earth yeah and then r18xx was tricky sometimes because sometimes it would take long and i'm just trying to quickly click through and then it's like not loading and stuff so yeah, I think those servers just got overloaded, though. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know, 18xx.games is very, very good. I'm enjoying it as well. And also the pace at which they're adding new games is pretty incredible as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, it's all open source, so anyone can contribute and people are. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. So thank you, good people behind that. Very, yes. very awesome. Very cool, yeah. Yeah, I know our Discord peeps are always popping off new games and stuff, so that's cool to see. Yeah, but Toby was the, the one who started that one. Yes, yeah, Toby. Toby, you're the man, Toby. Definitely. Was it Toby Mao? Is that right? Uh, yes, I think that's right, yeah. Sounds right in my head. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Toby. Cool stuff. Yeah, man. So um, I wanted to chat to you today 
for like a little discussion topic um, was I saw some people in our Discord. We were talking about kind of like re-theming 18xxs. Well, actually, there was kind of a lot of things I was thinking about recently around this. I don't know if you saw. I'm going to start here, actually. Um, Josh from Grand Trunk Games posted a blog on medium.com. I think medium, anyone can post there, right? I think it's like a kind of like a blog place, but like kind so. of a legit one. Generally, it seems like you get a higher quality of blog there. I don't know how it works or if there's some kind of vetting process. But anyway, he, he posted there about the upcoming Kickstarter for 1889 and specifically that he was actually changing the name. So this isn't really a drastic change. So 1889's original title is 1889 History of Shikoku Railways, I think. And he's changed it to Shikoku colon eighteen eighty nine. So he kept the eighty nine in there, but obviously um, not sticking with convention in the sense that the game doesn't start with some sort of eighteen whatever. Yeah. So, what are your thoughts on that? First of all, so i I haven't read the blog, but I saw some people discussing it. So I, I think I get the gist of it. He's basically saying that we're running out of xx's <laughs> like <laughs> there are more than 118 xx's and not not all the years are relevant either because mostly they're named after something significant happening in that year right so like saying that there are 100 available doesn't necessarily mean there are 100 good ones available so i can completely understand where he's coming thro- from and, and some some games have tried to change that by doing things like 18 gb or you know things like that so instead of using numbers for the xx they use uh something else like an abbreviation for the country so it's kind of been happening already but they were sticking to the 18 xx formula by doing that whereas he's now completely flipping that around and i think what he's effectively saying is make make the name whatever you want but have 18 xx something as almost like a subtitle to show that it's in that genre of games and i wonder yeah so i think that using letters or words like 18 chesapeake or whatever 18 max that has sort of been a convention for a long time now it feels like it feels Mm -hmm. like we long since ran out of numbers so people had just started using words but i guess the question becomes sort of at what point does it become a mechanism on its own? So uh, I think what's interesting about this is that obviously everything started with 1829 and then 1830 was the one that really blew up. So that was essentially a game that then got co-opted almost into being kind of like a system. Um, as we know in board games with their kind of history that you don't copyright game mechanics. It's not something that exists and it's not something that that seems to be possible legal, legally speaking anyway. Mm. And so something like Dominion sort of popularized deck building as a mechanism. And then we started seeing that incorporated into games all the time. And yeah, it's it's funny because some games will say like, blah, 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 a deck building game, right? Right. But it's gotten to the point now where deck building is just a mechanism, like a rolling dice or worker placement or whatever the case may be. So I guess I'm curious if we'll reach a point where an 18xx system is just something that's played around with. But I suppose what also the question is, what qualifies something as an 18xx system? How much can you deviate from it and have it still be an 18xx game? Yeah, I think that's tricky. I think something like deck building is a mechanism, but I don't think 18xx is just a mechanism. There's There are a lot of mechanisms in 18xx that make it a system, like you say. 
so just considering it a mechanism yeah i don't know but so something that i'm thinking of now is what about the coin games i know nothing about the coin games but they don't all start with coin or one or something do they just say whatever game name coin game or or how do they i think it says something like part of the coin series or something like that coin is counterinsurgency it's gmt it's one of their war game lines and yeah that again is a system so i think deck building is a mechanism whereas 18xx is a system and i think coin is quite similar that it's sort of a a game system so i think under the broad umbrella of 18xx is probably a stock market operating rounds and stock rounds a map hex tractiles and trains you know something like that would probably encompass an 18xx system but what we've seen with the re-themes and stuff like that is that, you know, people reskin these systems, they fiddle with them a little bit, and then it becomes maybe a little bit less clear. But I suppose if you and I were to play any of these re-themes without knowing it was an 18xx game, you know, then we would probably still realize it's an 18xx game once we started playing it. Like, oh, okay, these are basically this. Oh, this is that. Oh, this is this. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think another important part of the system as well is that each player is not just a company in the game it's that whole thing about anyone can buy shares whoever owns the most runs that company i think that's part of the system as well but yeah there are lots of lots of aspects that make it a system but just to get back to the naming i think i think something like what i understand coin is doing is fine like just call your your game whatever you want part of the 18xx system if or an 18xx game or something like that. Yeah, I think something to signal that it's part of the 18xx system is just useful on a consumer level. Mm. Like if I'm buying this game, I know kind of what I'm getting. I, I'm I'm fully in support of Josh's decision, by the way. I personally, I don't mind it at all. Mm. Yeah, same. I'm not attached to the naming convention. Um, I'm sure that some people are. I'm sure it's somewhat controversial in some circles. But I think the idea is to kind of make it more mainstream and more have give it more mainstream appeal. Not that Shikoku is necessarily the most um, thrilling name ever, but right, it's yeah. sort of more in line with kind of like a typical Euro board game name. Yes. And I think what he was also trying to do was essentially... What Simon has been doing <laughs> before him is essentially one of the arguments he made is that it's hard to memorize numbers and to have meaning attached to that. Right. So it's kind of funny because we joke because Simon's been doing this the whole time since we started playing 18xx. He'll randomly assign names to it. So he calls 1889 Nippon yes. <laughs> for no particular reason other than it's in Japan. You know, so he he just kind of does that. So he calls 49 Sicily and, you know, he just has like different random city or country names for each each one. And that's sort of, it just works fine for him. So obviously there's something to be said for that, that it is, I myself personally have never had a trouble remembering the years for whatever reason, they all stick in my head, but I don't know. I guess it does make it a lot easier to remember. It does make it stand out more as a game title. Yeah, I also f- have trouble remembering the years. Maybe it's because I'm not much of a history buff or anything. So I I actually find Simon's naming convention helpful. <laughs> it does give me a quick reminder of which game it is that we're talking about. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I, I don't have a problem with it at all. I think anything that 
is kind of designed to make these games more accessible is fine by me. Mm. I don't like compromising on the rule set. I think that these are heavy games and I'm okay with them being heavy games um, because I just think that's in essence what they are. I don't mind that they take several hours. I don't mind that they're heavy. I don't think we need to have, <laughs> I don't know, like a, a weird push your like card game 18xx or something that plays in 20 minutes yes. you know um just because it's not really necessary like there's plenty of games that fill different roles and that's the role 18xx fills at the same time if someone wants to design that i'm also fine with it i guess what i'm saying is i'm not really territorial like attached to convention when it comes to this stuff yes but if someone designed a 20 minute filler game and called it an 18xx game i think i would have a problem with that yeah, uh, so that's where you get to this sort of like agreed upon sort of conventions of what qualifies as an 18xx system. Because unlike coin games, which are made by GMT, and it's I guess it's kind of like their trademark mm. to some extent. I imagine they have some kind of ownership over that name. 18xx is a lot more open source in a way. Yeah. So this this comes down to the other question I wanted to ask you, which is, do we sort of owe anything to the legacy? Like, if you are designing an 18xx game or if you are entering into that space, is something owed to sort of the convention or the legacy? How attached to it should we be? Because it is, in essence, all a tribute to Francis Tresham's original designs. Is it fine for it just to organically evolve and then we have trains in space or whatever retheme you could think of and different names and all of that or is there something sort of historical element that is supposed to be attached to it i think it can evolve while still remembering its origins i think it's good to good to remember where it all came from and i don't think like the classics like 1830 should be renamed now I think if someone republishes it or something like that, then maybe they can change the name like they're doing with 1889. I think that's okay. But I think some of some of those classics like 1830 will just stay that way, just kind of like out of respect of, of the origins of the genre. So I guess to be kind of devil's advocate here is that I can imagine there are people who've been playing 18xx games for 20 years or whatever who feel very attached to the historical nature of 18xx's they often attempt to capture some sort of moment in history the theme is tied into that the geographical locations are accurate the companies are accurate it's always about trains is that fine just to totally upend that whole system you know what i mean like should that always be the case that there needs to be a marriage between 18xx systems have to be done in a particular way they have to be trains, they have to be historical, they have to be set in the 1800s. Or is it fine to do like Jurassic World, an 18xx system, where we're all managing dinosaur parks and like making track routes for like our, I don't know, our tourists through the Triceratop pens? And do you know what I mean? Mm. Like, because you could essentially retheme this to anything and we're competing dinosaur parks and i'm gonna like buy stocks in you know yours and whatever right it's really not hard to re-theme pretty much any game system to be whatever you want it to be so is that like disrespectful to the design is that completely fine i i think it's fine if someone creates 18 jurassic or jurassic park and 18xx game they're not destroying the games that already exist like those games don't cease to exist 
they're just adding, you know, they're just creating something new and adding to the to the collection almost. And I think that's fine. As as long as they don't suddenly someone comes and claims copyright on 1830 and all 1830 copies in existence should be destroyed and you're not allowed to sell them anymore, that kind of thing. No one's going to do that. Uh, so I think it's fine. They're just creating more. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. I mean, I'm, I, I feel like in my personal self, like I'm kind of on your side in the sense that I don't really have that kind of attachment and I don't necessarily think that we have to adhere to those conventions. And I also think we have 300 1886 games about trains. I don't really mind if someone wants to make a dinosaur. And mm. <laughs> I'm more concerned if the gameplay is good than I am about the dinosaur theme, to tell you the truth. But I can also imagine someone feeling like they don't want their system that means something to them to be co-opted into something. Like, I mean, what if Simon releases a an 18xx kickstarter with like cthulhu minis and <laughs> you know what i mean like yeah call of cthulhu 1899 <laughs> you know what i mean it's <laughs> like a freaking insanity track and i don't know like i mean if it if it's still something that we would consider an 18xx game system i'm okay with that if they start creating just a random game and tagging on an 18xx game when it's not Clearly not an 18-6 system. Then I think then I would definitely have a problem with it, and I think the community would as well, and they would face a lot of backlash. So much so that they will probably have to change the name, which is a good thing. Um, but I, yeah, just retheming 18xx and saying if it's you know clo- close enough to the system that it's an 18xx game, I think that's fine. Oh. Again, they're not destroying the existing 1830s and existing 18xx games. It feels kind of wrong, though. Like you say, I can see how some of the people who have been around <laughs> with these games forever might be unhappy with that. But I don't know. I guess I'm relatively new to it and not as attached to to it. So for me, it's fine, personally. It's funny, though, because when I describe this thing of like imagining a Simon box of minis that's an 18xx game and like giant Cthulhu plastic and whatever, and like halfway through the game, you have to like... <laughs> fight the Cthulhu boss or something like I don't know but it's still very much an 18xx game I just I have a very visceral ugh, reaction to it well no one's making you buy it or making you play it right so <laughs> it can exist I know but I kind of feel like my little niche genre is being violated by giant plastic Cthulhu <laughs> you know I don't know to me, it's also it's almost like like poetry. Like there's good poetry and there's bad poetry, and the bad poetry doesn't take anything away from the good poetry. It it actually makes the good poetry even better, you know. Like it's not like someone writes a bad poem and now all of a sudden all poems have degraded in value. I don't think so. Oh man, <laughs> I just oh I don't know, man. It's like oh, it's a bit rough. And that's the thing. I'm like, if I hate Cthulhu 18xx, then I should, in theory, not be happy with any. Because I can't pick and choose based on a theme that, like, I'm kind of okay with, you know? Yeah. (laughs) But I feel like the space-themed ones are pretty cool. Like, I kind of like that idea. Yes, me too. (laughs) And Alex in in our Discord was saying that, you know, we could do, like, a Monopoly kind of thing. Like, a real estate one. Yes, yeah. yeah. And I feel like that would be pretty cool. So, I'm like, okay... 
But then I just think of the the horrific Simon box of minis represents the end game of horrific 18xx consumerism to me. Like that would be the end of times. That would be like 18xx has gotten so mainstream mm. in a way that we regret. You know, <laughs> like we will regret any part we had in spreading the good word about 18xx because it led us to Cthulhu mini boxes. I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I won't buy. Simon 18 Cthulhu, but I'll still keep playing the other 18xxs. So it doesn't bother me oh. that much. <laughs> they can be bad poems. It's okay. <laughs> you can keep reading your good poems. <laughs> but what if you came up with your own special type of poem that no one had ever done before? And then someone took the exact same format, but just filled it with like fart jokes or something, you know? Yeah. Wouldn't it just be a little bit sad? Wouldn't you feel like it had impinged on your legacy? I think that would be the same as calling 18 Cthulhu, calling that 1830 instead, like calling it Cthulhu and 1830 Reteam or something. I think that might be a problem, yeah. <laughs> Cthulhu Railways and Robber Barons and Tentacles. <laughs> yeah, but just calling it Cthulhu and 18x game, I think that's fine. Oh man, <laughs> I I like yeah. Again, I probably won't like it, but they're allowed to do it. I think this is why I don't go on Kickstarter. So I just don't see this stuff. <laughs> I only venture there when I hear that there's an eighteen XX up there. Yes, yeah. Guys, I want to know what people think about this. I want some people to weigh in because I, I I felt like I was very liberal, and then I've kind of like talked myself out of being liberal on this matter, and right. now I'm not sure anymore. <laughs> I don't know where I stand. I always talk myself into the opposite. I try and play devil's advocate, and then I go too far, and then I'm thinking of Cthulhu Railways, and I I just literally want to crawl into a hole and cry. Yeah, I I understand that reaction for sure, <laughs> but I think I still think they're allowed to do it. They're allowed to, Fred, but should they? No, should no they? they shouldn't. They definitely shouldn't, but they're allowed to. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess that's the thing, you know. I mean, obviously, I guess people are allowed to, but should we be upset about it? Should it be something we want to protect? I don't know. I also think there's an element of people liking things being niche. Sometimes it's cool to be one of the cool kids who knows about the secret sauce. <laughs> yes, that's true. Well, maybe we shouldn't make a podcast about our niche hobbies then. <laughs> oh my goodness yeah we're into all the niches we're part of the problem <laughs> yeah exactly but you know i i think that yeah i, I don't know ah uh, i just think i would want 18xx to go mainstream because i want people making them to make money off them i want people who've been grinding and selling them people like wolfram you know from uh marflow and people like all aboard games and stuff. I want those guys to get their dues. You know mm. what I mean? I want them to be able to make proper money publishing, Absolutely. mass producing. I mean, they've been sort of keeping the hobby alive and, and sort of keeping availability of games going for so long. I genuinely want those people to be rewarded. And yeah, I, I guess if a side effect of that is I have to put up with the Cthulhu Railways tentacles and rubber barons and whatever, then... I'll just put up with it. Yeah. No, there will be bad 18xx games that come out that way, but there will also be an improvement in quality and it'll be more cost effective as well. So overall, I think it's a good thing to become more mainstream. I guess that's what's true. Hey, we haven't, they don't, there doesn't really exist like bad 18xx games. If you take out like 
fan-made ones or whatever. I don't really know everything that's out there. But in terms of the ones that sort of get like any kind of scale of production, none mm. of them are bad. Some of them are ambitious. Some of them appeal to some people more than others. But there's no garbage. Have you have you forgotten about 1846? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Please don't hate me. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I was really hoping you'd say it. <laughs> there's the elephant in the room. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I'm actually liking my recent plays of 46. So I'm, I'm just kidding. Yeah, well, I went bankrupt. So I proved that I, I'm not actually qualified to talk about it. So. <laughs> um, but I think like part of that is also... Because the community has been so small, the the bad 18xxs probably just die out very quickly. If it becomes mainstream and a big company has the money to publish a bad 18xx and they think it's a good one, they'll do it. So you'll have a bad 18xx game on the shelf. But, I mean, we still have reviews, we still have sales and things to look at. So it's not necessarily going to do well. Yeah, no, I think I think the truth is it's just that bad many many bad board games exist mm. just that this has been niche for so long that bad 18xx games haven't really been much in our in our face you know right yeah i, I think the thing about bad board games is that they do so yeah yeah but it also means there will be like good 18xx's on the shelf as well along with the bad ones there will be good ones in which they're pretty hard to find on find on shelves at the moment so i think overall that's a good thing yeah, no, look, I, I definitely uh, wholeheartedly embrace the push towards more availability um, for it to be more popular, more accessible. I'm down with all of that. So I'm down with renaming. Um, mm. I don't think the theme is boring, but I'm certainly down with some rethemed 18xx's. Go for it. Why not? Yeah. 18xx in space. I do want to play a good 18xx in space. Yeah, because a couple do exist, but we've never played any of them. No, we but... haven't tried any. It would be kind of cool. I wouldn't even mind seeing an 18xx with a little bit of a fancier production or something like that. No, I think some of the recent ones have very good production, like Chesapeake and 62 they and 46, do, yeah. the GMT ones and stuff. I, th I think Dortmund's going to be really nice as well, actually. Yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, guys, I'm actually curious. If anyone has a really strong opinion on this, send it through. Send us your justification or your mm. rationale um yeah i'd love to hear from people who for example absolutely hate everything about what's happening and and why and what you feel like it is taking away because i'd love to hear that side of the argument as well yes for sure yeah yeah because i definitely i'm definitely open to being swayed mm -hmm. so much so i almost swayed myself yeah <laughs> Alrighty, so Fred, can I drop a little South African fact on you? Yes. Are you ready? You already know this fact, though. I'm pretty sure about that. Okay. So, I figured we should go. We should finally get a train theme fact in here. And now, look, I'll be honest. South African trains are terrible for the most part. <laughs> it's a really, really bad transportation system, and you should never use it, with exceptions. So. We don't really have like subways. Oh, we've got a cow train. Yes. That was like the big thing. I thought that's where you go. We're going, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I'm actually not going, but that's fine. They're, they're trying to slowly get us like an actual train transportation system that doesn't suck. So at the moment, it only goes in Gauteng, which is where Fred and I live. That's where Joburg is. It's the province. See if you can pronounce it with the 
Gauteng. And some people do Gauteng. use it. Like some people use it as well. Pre-COVID, they were using it as their daily commute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gauteng trains fine. When I talk about our trains being terrible and don't risk it, I mean the other ones, the like other passenger trains, the metro ones that are just really, really bad and frequently don't arrive. <laughs> but South Africa is home to the world's most luxurious train. Boom. What do you think about that? The Rovos Rail is South Africa's most, actually, the, sorry, the world's most luxurious train. The Blue Train. No, not the Blue Train, the Rovos Rail. I mean, you, the Blue Train is cool too, I guess. Let's go to the pinnacle of information, Wikipedia. Okay, so the Blue Train is one of the most luxurious train journeys in the world. So it's not the, it's one of the. So, so we got both. Okay, so you have your pick okay. of luxury trains. Oh, that's cool. So where does the Rovos Rail run? So the Rovos Rail actually has a few options, but it, it runs pretty far. Eh? So it runs from Cape Town all the way to Dar es Salaam, which is in Tanzania. Hmm. Wow, okay. So that's pretty far. So yeah, you can, you can do the whole like two-week journey or you can go up to like Vic Falls in Zimbabwe hmm. that's pretty awesome. cool you can go to some um, sort of game drives and things like that you know what would be cool is a trip like that on a luxury passenger train with like a murder mystery <laughs> like yeah. the Orient Express kind of thing <laughs> yeah someone just has to volunteer to die <laughs> <laughs> but that would be cool like playing a murder mystery game on a, a week-long train trip Holy crap, the robot rail is expensive. Oh, really? Okay, so if you go like Pretoria, I think this is Pretoria, Cape Town, two nights in the Royal Suite, because this is the most expensive one, right? Mm. Is 50 grand. Wow. That is a lot, dude. Okay, so it's 49,000 rand. What's that in like dollars? Um... $3,000 for two nights in the Royal Suite. Sure. Damn. What do you, but you must get good food and stuff then as well. Oh, well, I think it's, it's the most luxurious train in the world, Fred. Come on. Yeah, but is it the most luxurious kitchen in the world? Uh, accommodation, all meals, all beverages, room service, laundry, excursions, entrance fees, hairstylist. Wow. Sounds good, though. Yeah, man. Nice place for a derailed con. Jeez, yeah, derailed con. Let's do it. Oh, let's do the let's do the Cape Town. Oh, let's do the ten night stay. What do you think? How much is that? The, the Royal Suite. Oh no, let's do let's do eight nights. Okay. Yeah. Oh, this one's in dollars. Here we go. Okay. Cape Town to Dar es Salaam. They obviously think South Africans can't afford this, so they put this in dollars. <laughs> I love that. Make the number look smaller. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So Cape Town to Dar es Salaam, 14 nights. That's the full the full experience. Uh, will cost you only $23,000 in the Royal Suite. That's a bargain. $23,000. Yep. Wow. Sure. At that price, we'll have to share the room, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> as long as I can be the big spoon. <laughs> Yo, take that, Blue Drake. That is, yeah, that is, wow. That is luxurious. <laughs> That's why you haven't heard of the Robots Rail. You can't afford it. Yes. It's unknown in my circles. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No one talks about the Robots Rail where you're from. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Sure. Okay. So if anyone's thinking of having holiday here, yeah, then yeah, if you've got 
a bajillion. We've got options. <laughs> yeah, we've got options. You can sleep on. You can sleep in my spare room. That's that's our um, economy option. <laughs> our royal option is apparently to take the most freaking expensive train in the world. Wow. I hope it's the most luxurious because it certainly sounds like the most expensive. Yes. Yeah. For sure. Oh, there we go. Train facts and South Africa facts. Very Boom. cool. Combo deal. Well done. I've excelled myself. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> well, thanks so much for listening, guys. Again, yeah, if you want to weigh in on our discussion, we would love to hear it. Yes. Yeah. Thanks very much, guys. Sweet. Cheers. Bye. If you would like to get in touch with us, we are at derailed18xx on Instagram and Twitter. You can email us, derailed18xx at gmail.com. And we're on Patreon at patreon.com slash derailed18xx. Thanks for listening.